0: and Peter Schweizer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view. This
1: is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer.
0: Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. Seated by my side, as always, is Eric Eggers, author and vice president here at the Government Accountability Institute. We are both back from the wonderful four day weekend for Thanksgiving. I had a great time. Went to the beach, had a seafood boil, something untraditional that my wife came up with. It was fantastic to get a break from Turkey. Uh, And Thanksgiving is a great time. I always enjoy it. It's a wonderful time with family. It's a time for reflection. Uh, what was your Thanksgiving right like Eric? Well,
1: well, it wasn't as nice as yours because we should point out that Peter Schweitzer's actual birthday was on Thanksgiving this year. It was. So actually I just thought of this. Do you feel like you get jobbed out of appropriate birthday recognition and acknowledgement because it's on Thanksgiving? No,
0: it's pretty good. But when I was a kid, uh, this happened and my dad made a joke about you always get a turkey on Thanksgiving, which kind of like threw me is, are you talking? What do you think now, dad? (laughs) Now I ate my own seafood. (laughs) No, but it was kind of like I this confusing, <laughs> is he talking about the meal or is he talking about his son? You know. It, but uh, how was your Thanksgiving? You had a good time? Everything went well? Yeah.
1: Well, every, after everybody passed their COVID test to together in the same room, <laughs> per Dr. Fauci's guidance, uh, <laughs> we are able to get together and share reflections on the year. That's what happens at Thanksgiving. You get together, you say a thing you're thankful for. And, uh, yeah, you're
0: not supposed to talk politics, right? I mean, that was the other thing you got the COVID issue and you got the politics.
1: I did see somebody share a picture on social media that said, you know, if you want to really have a spicy Thanksgiving dinner, you should wear a t-shirt that says unvaccinated and ready to talk politics. (laughs) 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 And I thought "I, I would like to be at that guy's Thanksgiving. Yes,
0: that would liven things up. Well, you know, in keeping with the idea of reflection, right. And we do that around the holidays between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Hopefully we do it more often than that, but we thought it would be important to reflect at this time mm-hmm. on COVID. The fact that we have this virus that came into our lives almost three years ago, transformed so many things, and yet there's so many puzzlements. There's so many things we don't know. There's a lack of curiosity in Washington, D.C.
1: Like whether or not puzzlements is a word, right? <laughs> like is-
0: <laughs> That would be one of them, yes. The other one would be. Did the stuff that we actually did do during COVID work? Did it actually matter? You've got strange things going on in China. Uh, You've got this question about the origins of COVID. You've got protests in China that look eerily similar to protests that we saw in the United States. So we want to unwrap all of that today. Uh, And I guess, Eric, to you, as we look at what's going on halfway around the world in China, it's really Pretty
1: extraordinary, isn't it? Well, I think that's why the questions you pose—not to pay you a superfluous compliment—a <laughs> couple of days after your birthday—but uh, I think the questions you pose are important because I think we we might be on the brink of sort of you know COVID two, right? Yeah. Electric boogaloo, if you like. Uh, it's going to be a sequel, or, or maybe it won't be because maybe now, for whatever reason, we won't have to go through the measures that China still apparently very much thinks are important. Um, Because, yeah, China is actually the day before Thanksgiving, the day before your birthday. They hit a record high, 30,000 new cases in one day, uh, which is news because the last time they hit a major high was back in April. And they responded by locking down cities like Shanghai for two months, which sort of led to the global supply chain crisis. Exactly. So like when COVID happens in China, the world notices.
0: Exactly. And of course, they say 30,000 cases one day. A lot of people assume the numbers are probably right, right. if China sand is
1: third. <laughs> <laughs> right. right.
0: It's probably 10 times more than that. But the point is, to your point is, it seems to be resurgent again in China.
1: And the reason why it matters is because President Xi has said that they have a quote zero zero COVID policy. Right. Which is kind of insane if you think about and it. And what does that mean? It means they have zero tolerance for COVID. Like yeah. any COVID gets locked down. So there's I mean, this is from the Wall Street Journal. And again, you have to sort of take it at face value, but more than 80 cities are battling levels of infection during Shanghai's lockdown. It was only like 50 cities. Um half of China's GDP comes from those 80 cities and 90% of the exports. So how China reacts to this and they're you know, continuing to react to it in typically draconian, heavy handed ways. It could impact lots of things for Christmas season, holiday season, just general supply chain issues in general. But now it seems that it's actually less of the story about, the lockdowns and the protests that are emerging from China seem to be getting a lot of media attention.
0: They do, and and China is uh, aggressively trying to contain the story. Uh, there was a BBC reporter uh, that was simply taking video of police officers, police officers, and uh, the the uh, there are these patrols of guys that are wearing like full medical gowns mm-hmm. for the government, and they're also carrying batons. And if there are people out on the street when they're not supposed to be, they beat them. Uh, And so this BBC reporter has been taking video video footage of this and posting it. Well, of course, he got arrested the day before Thanksgiving. Nobody
1: does lockdowns like China from the city that brought you like robot dogs (laughs) that bark out government (laughs) commands to you while you're supposed to be locked in. Come people with batons and gowns
0: have we have we seen the robot dogs yet are they deploying those i haven't seen know? them
1: but it wouldn't shock me
0: yeah it wouldn't shock me either but so these protests have emerged and it's fascinating because uh you know they're not huge protests by chinese standards in the sense that you know and i think shanghai you're looking at maybe a thousand people this is a city much larger than the city than the uh, city of new york uh and yet you don't see these protests hardly at all in China, and they're quite aggressive. I mean, they're not just saying, please, oh, please get rid of the lockdowns. They're making stronger political statements than that.
1: They absolutely are. And it's interesting, too. But and I think your observation that the, the way that the protests are being covered in China is different than the way other protests for similar reasons have been covered in Western countries. <laughs> parts it, of the world
0: it, it's amazing it's it, amazing
1: but but yeah they, they're leading to i mean even the fact that we know the protests happened because there was a fire I guess there was a fire in the Xinyin, uh area and so the, people think that the way that china was locked down prevented r- response to that fire from being as effective so 10 people died and so this the way that the wall street journals reported it is that this there was people mourning the loss of one of the victims and that led to just this organic. Protests, and then that protest has spread like a fire throughout the country. But the protests were saying basically CCP stepped down, President Xi stepped down. So it's not just lockdowns. I mean, and that, it's political and calling for. A change of leadership in government in China is not a thing they've typically shown a lot of tolerance for.
0: That's exactly right. And they're not going to show much tolerance for this. Curiously, if you look at the protests happening in China and compare them to, mm, let's say, the Canadian truckers. You remember that? I do remember it. You had the truckers. (laughs) yeah honk exactly uh the the truckers who were upset about restrictions the fact that there were these mandates that there were these uh restrictions being placed upon them they held a protest in uh the canadian capital uh and the true doe government really went after them and by the way the media coverage was these are sort of right-wing extremists right in canada this is this is done by you know white nationalists i remember seeing a headline uh and yet in China, the same protests are taking place, and the Western media is lauding this as a sign of courage and a sign of you know trying to create a more tolerant environment. What are the differences, really? I mean, I know in China the lockdown is a lot more severe than it was in Canada, but there's really no difference on principle.
1: Well, maybe not in principle, but I do think there's a difference in terms of the threat and the level of courage and bravery required to protest in China versus the level of bravery and protest to, to protest in Canada, right? Right. And Now, there were consequences in Canada. Remember, some of those businesses that sold goods to the truckers, I think, were like locked down. And I mean, they, were, they paid penalties in Canada. But obviously, to, to protest in China is different than protesting in, in Canada. But I do think it's an interesting comparison.
0: It is. It is. And how the media seems to always take uh, this position that, you know, it used to be the sort of radicals from the 60s. They, they used to have bumper stickers, question authority. Okay. Right? That was the I'll take your word th- for yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> Before your time, young yeah, man. <laughs> you know, question authority. Um, that is the exact opposite of what you're now getting from that same generation as they're running these newsrooms, which is you're not supposed to question authority. You're not supposed to question Trudeau's authority in Canada. You're not supposed to question Fauci's authority here. Okay, yeah, you can question G's authority. We're going to uphold that as a great human rights story. Um, but yet, they're both. Arguing for the same thing, which is the autonomy and the respect of individual rights, the fact that we should have control over our uh, choices as to whether we're going to get vaccinated, the fact that we need to be able to move around freely to care for you know elderly people in our family who might be in trouble. Remember all the people that couldn't attend to family members. In their dying days. In nursing homes. Yeah, because they were not allowed to have contact with them. That's the same sort of thing that you're seeing in China that that is being lauded in the protests there by the mainstream media.
1: No, you're exactly right. And I do think that to your point, we found an analysis from the Washington Post in the, in the aftermath of the Canadian trucker convoy protest, and it said basically that, yeah, that the tactics eclipse the message and it appears to have been co-opted or just basically was used to, sh- to show off far right politics politics right so right, like the washington right. Post, is like oh trucker convoy that's for like alt-right people as right. opposed to and this is the analysis it gives as opposed to more effective protests like the occupy wall street movement <laughs> right. or the george floyd protests right, right. which you know were more successful in drawing attention to their causes and support which i would say maybe not so much right
0: yeah maybe not so much but also i would say that those left-wing protests you had what I would regard as professional protesters, mm-hmm. whereas the truckers were bona fide truckers. These guys are truck drivers. doing. Well, it that's why they're
1: less effective. Exactly. Right? Yeah. They,
0: they don't understand political theater.
1: But I, I do think your point about uh, COVID and like sort of this fog that it brought about and then the decisions we make in the aftermath and like this the, everything you're saying now makes me think, yeah, like, and, and people were just into that, right? I mean, yeah. and, and it does yeah. sort of remind me of 9-11. I know you have an interesting comparison with 9-11 and covid but yeah, at the time, it's like you, you tell people now, 20 years later, about 9-11, like, no, 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 no. So four planes flew into these things. They were filled with people from Saudi Arabia. And that's why we went into Afghanistan and Iraq. <laughs> and <laughs>
0: exactly. it all made perfect sense. Exactly. Well, and that brings us to the second point right. uh, uh, as we're doing this reflection on COVID. Uh, and that is the question of the origins of COVID. And you mentioned 9-11 because I, bring up, I brought up this analogy before, which is what happened after 9-11? We had this commission that came together. We had all these experts from government, outside of government, inside of government.
1: We created a brand new government agency as a result of 9-11, the right? Department of Homes- yeah.
0: Homeland Security. Exactly right. And the purpose of that 9-11 commission was to figure out how did this happen? And how by knowing so, how can we prevent it from happening again? So we're obviously expecting any day the <laughs>
1: COVID commission, Right maybe in year four I mean, <laughs> it is crazy i mean that's the thing it takes house republicans to be in charge right to then maybe now we will start having a commission to investigate the origins of covid and it is crazy they say keep politics out of it. in fact dr fauci in his last press briefing at the white house that was one of his big t- talking points is that this doesn't need to be political right so then why was one political party so not interested in asking this question Right. right? Uh, and in fact, like when Fauci was at the podium, he got lots of questions from members of the press and the uh, press secretary did everything she could to keep him from having to answer. Oh, those questions. she
0: scolded the reporters and pointed her finger at them and said, no, we're not doing this, meaning we're not taking questions at a press conference or at least questions that we think are important. He also appeared on a weekend program. I think it was Face the Nation mm-hmm. or Meet the Press. Uh, and he was asked about China and uh, and how it relates um, to this, uh, and he basically said that we shouldn't be critical of China. He said, "Quote: There, meaning Beijing, are very suspicious of anybody trying to accuse them. We need <laughs> to have an open dialogue with their scientists and our scientists, and keep the politics out of it." Now, <laughs> question: How do you discuss an issue like COVID? with the communist Chinese and think that they're going to keep politics out of it. Somehow the CCP is not. I mean, it's, it's absolutely absurd, but we are at this point, as you said, where we have had no congressional hearings on the origins of COVID. There's no commission in the executive branch of government that is looking at this, it's like a non-issue. We're not discussing this. We're gonna plug our ears and go la 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 and pretend that this didn't happen. It's it's absolutely absurd.
1: You know, I think your perspective is so skewed, biased, <laughs> and potentially xenophobic <laughs> on this one. Schweitzer, okay, you're focused on the last three years of your life and how American, <laughs> you know, the global life has been disrupted, you know, lives were lost, uh, relationships permanently altered. Uh, and you're failing to consider, I think one important thing, how does China feel about it? Right. <laughs> right exactly. Cause they, as Dr. Fauci said, look, they're suspicious, right, okay. They're right. suspicious of are trying to blame them. So let, let's make sure we keep China's feelings at the, fir- the forefront of any conversations we have. And, you know, Dr. Fauci is certainly doing that because he said, all my colleagues, we have to keep an open mind. You know, we've got to investigate every possibility because this is too important to not do that that's not incompatible with saying the scientific evidence still weighs much more strongly that this is a natural occurrence. Okay. So yeah, we'll look into it, but we basically know it was not coming from a lab in China.
0: Yeah. What's great about this, by the way, he said to all my colleagues, keep an absolutely open mind. We now know because emails that were obtained through the Freedom of Information Act, we now know that Fauci was trying to silence discussions about this being a lab leak. So. He hasn't been open minded. This whole thing about, you know, you mentioned about the suspicion about, you know, China and how they feel. It reminds me of when you have a a child and you know that that child uh, has done something wrong, but they don't want to admit it. You don't as a parent sit there and say, well, you know, I don't want to hurt Johnny's feelings. so I'm not going to press the point. Uh, the truth needs to come out. And, and I'm not equating China with a child, but I'm saying the principle is the truth needs to come out. And China is not interested in the truth coming out, because we know from the beginning they were hiding information. They were hiding some of the sequencing they had of this. They weren't sharing data with the West. You
1: said they, I mean, bought, cover up. Up, they bought up all the supplies early on, right?
0: Yeah. Even in, in January, as uh, they were telling the world that this was not being something that could be translated from person to person, they were buying up mass quantities of masks and PPE equipment uh, that, of course, meant that they knew that it was transferable. From one human being or not. So there's all kinds of cover up here. So we have talked about and we've reflected on uh, the issues in China and COVID and how it's being dealt with. We've talked about Fauci and uh, the issue of the origins of China. There's a third component, and that is still the ongoing debate. We've now been doing this for a couple of years of what actually worked and what didn't work during COVID. I'm fascinated by the fact that in China... They have this extreme lockdown strategy where the evidence and the experience in the West, in the United States, and Europe is that lockdowns don't really work. So, what's going on there?
1: Uh, I mean, I think it could just be like you'd like to say government, you know, it, their reaction is always an overreaction. Uh, a hammer hits a nail. What's China do? They're going to react in a totalitarian mindset right. and just lock stuff down. Yeah. Uh, they're not interested in having a discussion. I also think there's some level of like, we're pot committed in the United States. Like, why aren't we asking questions? I think your example of having your fingers in your ears is a good one because for them to actually find out information, I know you found uh, information about Dr. Fauci and some things he he's had to admit, but Im- imagine being like a state like California yeah, where living there for the last three years, in some ways, I mean- I don't want to say dystopian hellscape because I don't want to minimize the experience of Californians, right? (laughs) But you go talk to those guys and like, look, their kids couldn't go to school. They had a hard time finding supplies. They were told when. I mean, there was a lot of restrictions. Restaurants were closed. Meanwhile, the elites out there kind of doing their own thing. You couldn't get your hair cut. And so uh, for them to now ask questions and be like, okay, well, so maybe it did really come from China. And maybe lockdowns don't work. And remember how we said you have to have a vaccine? Never mind. (laughs) And oh, by the way, we realize now because we have the testing data to prove that the last two years of keeping schools shut down basically lost us 20 years worth of learning gains. Yeah. Uh, Other than that, though, uh, we nailed it.
0: Yeah. And, and look, I think the government wants to go on to the next crisis. They don't want to talk about what worked and what didn't work here. Uh, we talked about lockdowns. The evidence is pretty clear. California had extreme lockdowns compared to Florida. Yeah, uh, The death rates are are basically the same. There's no evidence. And in fact, you could argue that Florida's population did better because we didn't get a lot of the negative effects of the lockdowns. But again, China, I guess China's approach is like, you guys are just not committed enough we've got robot dogs <laughs> we've got the guys in the wet, white you know in the white gear with the with the uh, uh you know clubs that we can hit people with so we're just going to show that level of commitment so lockdowns didn't seem to work and there was a statistic that came out recently on deaths from covid that now they're saying 58% of people who have died of covid uh actually have been vaccinated or boosted so it seems like the vaccine which was Originally supposed to prevent you from getting it, and then they said, "Okay, maybe you're going to get it, but you won't share it with anybody." Then it showed that you were going to get it, even though you're vaccinated. Then they claimed, "Well, you're not going to die. The chances of you dying are a lot more remote." If you now, the statistics are showing it doesn't seem to be making a huge bit of difference there either.
1: And we don't know what the percent weighting is in terms of the the people that are admitted that have been right. vaccinated or not, right? But the the point is, being vaccinated and boosted clearly didn't. Per- Prohibit that 58% of the people from dying. You all also kind of wonder if now these stats will see a swing back the other way where we we'll start getting back to these underlying conditions. Like, well, it wasn't so much COVID, it was the fact that they were 450 pounds and a chain smoker and didn't have a functioning liver. <laughs> <laughs>
0: are, are you suggesting they're going to cook the books, Eric?
1: Uh, I'm just suggesting that we may see some of the details start to emerge on yeah. some of these stats, w- uh, which we didn't hear, right? Before yeah, it was like COVID, it's COVID, it's COVID. Yeah. And you know, it is crazy. I mean, it's crazy to think we lived through that. And to your point, It will have taken a political sea change to begin to ask hard questions. I guess here's my one maybe closing question for you. Let's say the House does form a committee and they do start to investigate the origins of COVID and start to ask some of these harder questions. Do you think they'll be doing it because they're trying to out of a genuine intellectual pursuit or because they're trying to score political points?
0: Uh, It's probably a combination of both. But here's the, the reality, I think, with a lot of people in Washington, D.C. It's kind of like, let's say, you, you know, you're at home with your spouse and you see there's a pile of junk accumulating in the backyard.
1: It's like you're in my bedroom right now. That's, that's <laughs> literally what happens. It's a pile because so, the clothes so, are too dirty to put in the dirty hamper or too dirty to put back in the closet, but not dirty right. enough to put in the dirty hamper. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah.
0: so you seal a pile of something. Now, you know, if you say to your spouse- Look at that big pile. That means you're going to have to do something about it. Mm. So part of you is like, maybe I'm just not going to draw attention to it because I don't feel like doing it right now. I think that's what's going on in Washington. They know. I mean, imagine what our government is going to be faced with if the American people realize and the gov- our federal government admits that this was a lab leak, that China covered it up and made it worse. That means in Washington, they're going to have to do something about it, as with the 9-11 Commission. Now, yeah, there's a certain irony that it was 20 Saudis and we ended up going to Iraq and Afghanistan, but we did have to take action because people were so angered by what had happened on 9-11. So we started the Department of Homeland Security. We took military action overseas against terrorists. The same thing applies here. If, in fact, the government, our federal government is forced to admit This was a lab leak. China covered it up. We are going to have to take some kind of action against China. And I'm not saying military action, but you have to take some kind of hard action against China. And these guys don't want to do that. They do not want to have their political lives complicated by the reality of taking hard firm action against Beijing,
1: which, to your point, we didn't want to take hard firm action against Saudi Arabia either. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is why we now allow Saudi Arabia to sponsor golf tours. They bought Newcastle United, right? So they I guess it, so. If you're China, hey, congratulations! If we do admit the lab leak theory in five years, you might own the NBA. You know,
0: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> They'll be doing sports washing as well.
1: Hey, I just want to point out that like not only are you a best-selling author, and not only do you host this phenomenal podcast where we uncover like profound insight and, and give information to help expose some of the incentive structures. I think you also just gave great advice for a healthy marriage. You know, ignore <laughs> the problems, people, because that means you have to do something about it.
0: Yeah, I don't know how healthy it is. <laughs> uh, but so a final note on Fauci uh, on this issue before we close. We've talked about, uh, of course, what's going on in China, that COVID is, seems to be revived in China. There are all these lockdowns. We've talked about the fact that there seems to be no interest in the origins of, of, of COVID, although that might change with the Republican Congress. And now we're talking about some of the things that were supposed to work with COVID didn't necessarily work, lockdowns, et cetera. Now it turns out that uh, Fauci, uh, Anthony Fauci, has been the subject of a court case uh, in which he was asked questions about the COVID rollout. And he was asked by lawyers to name any studies showing that masks work against COVID-19. He couldn't cite any.
1: Because he has amnesia or?
0: It's unclear. This is a leak from a court case. This is what the lawyers are saying. And I think it's probably accurate. So maybe he's saying, I don't know. But to me, that is another example of uh, how horrific this whole thing has been, because we've effectively been told by Fauci, follow the science. But when you ask him, he can't find the science.
1: Of course, that information would contradict uh, Fauci's previous position in which he basically held himself up as not just like the standard bearer of science, but kind of science himself.
0: Anybody who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science flavor to this. So if they get up and criticize science, nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So
1: it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. So follow the science on masks that he can't cite a study that says prevent infection follow the science on vaccines, which now 50% of the people that are dying of COVID have been vaccinated and boosted. Plus remember in the early 2000s, he actually contradicted himself on this.
0: Uh, but she's had the flu for 14 days. Should she get a flu shot?
1: Well, no, if she got the flu for 14 days, she's
0: as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And so she, if, not she re- if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. Next, if she really has the flu, she right. should not get it again. She
1: doesn't need it because the, it, it's the be, It's the most potent vaccination is getting infected yourself. Follow the science on lockdowns, which two decades worth of learning gains erased because we kept kids out of school yeah. in the name of science. Right. Uh, otherwise, you know, a plus.
0: Yeah, Exactly. Otherwise, it was a great performance. So your final thoughts as we look forward, we've been talking about the last couple of years of covid. Has covid led to a permanent change, a permanent change in the way that people live their lives? and what do you think those permanent changes are?
1: I think absolutely I think covid's gonna has led to permanent changes for some people, right? I think yeah. people that were hardwired to kind of do their own thing kept doing their own thing. I think Covid will actually be the reason that Ron DeSantis becomes the next presidential nominee because in Florida he led with freedom, right? And yeah. he has.
0: Still popular in America.
1: Governing experience. And he, you know, can cite look, look at how popular Florida is and look how well we did with it. And that's what happens when you lead with freedom. Uh, no, but I do think there's some people now, I th- COVID inverted the social contract. COVID taught people to see other people as a threat yes. to their physical well being. Yep. And I think that inflamed the inherent anxiety and mental, def- mental uh, health issues that were already in a lot of people's lives. And so I think, yeah, you basically have traumatized half the country. So, yeah, I think we're permanently jacked up.
0: Dr. Eggers is in the house.
1: Well, I, you're would, over here, I, would, yeah. I
0: would share. I would no. Hey. I would share. Seriously, I would share that absolute evaluation. I've seen it with observations of people, just the interactions that you have when you get on a plane or, you know, people that are wearing masks that you can tell are which certainly they can wear. doesn't bother me, but you can tell how anxious they are simply being in the proximity of other people um you know move to wyoming i think if that's where you want to uh, live your life distant from other people but don't expect to to live in a modern civilization in a major city and not have contact with other people
1: Schweitz's advice for a healthy life live in wyoming and ignore your problems
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey it, it works for me except for the wyoming <laughs> thing At any rate, uh, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can find this podcast and others at TheDrillDown.com. Until next time, thank you.